episode 11 of the Rundown Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Justin Rogers, and you can find me on Twitter at RunDFF, and I'm joined as always by Jeff Roby. We're back and better than ever, which is more than we could say for the likes of the Bills, Saints, Giants, Cardinals, and Colts, who all lost to teams who entered the week with two or fewer wins. Speaking of, who that, Jeff? Yeah, it's been a really rough week uh, for my my home hometown boys, Saints. Uh, you know, maybe it's a good wake-up call for them where they're at. But, wow, were we exposed in the areas where I thought we were strong in our offensive line, our defense, and, and really what Marshawn Lattimore means to this team. But I tell you, my fantasy teams blew it up. Uh, I even scored and went 3-1. Uh, and one. Uh, and the one loss, I actually scored my highest of the year, and the guy I scored his highest is here and batting by two points. So, you know, but overall, I, I felt really good about fantasy, and, uh, you know, I like where I'm at right now headed into the playoffs this year. So how about you? I had another average week. Um, I need a couple of decent games tonight, and I'll come out two and three or three and two. I'm not sure. Um, but I was doing really good after my boys beat your Saints Go Dirty Birds. You know, they can have the crappiest season in the world. If they beat the Saints in New Orleans, it kind of makes up for, for a lot of that. Uh, man, that was beautiful. I actually didn't even get to watch the game. I was I was in a truck driving back from my camping trip and had to listen to it on the radio. And we couldn't even pick up the local radio stations because we were in Podunk everywhere. So we pulled up the Sirius XM and had to listen to your garbage Saints Homer, Homer announcers as they complain about every call out there. All right, it was It was terrible, but... The game itself was excellent, and I know we got a lot of Houdet people back out there listening. Sorry, suckers. This week, it belonged to the Falcons, uh, but as far as fantasy goes, man, let's roll right into this. Uh, we got a lot to cover. Um, I want to start off with the varsity and JV, of course, so I'll get going with my varsity player. That's Christian Kirk. I know a lot of people have been uh, questioning whether they can start him uh, week to week, especially in a standard league. Half PPR and PPR, he's been getting a lot of targets and, and been pretty productive. But uh, he breaks out this week with uh, 10 targets, six catches for 138 yards. And the big thing is those three touchdowns uh, really lays it down. And uh, they come out and uh, they don't get to take advantage of a weak Tampa Bay team. They end up losing. But uh, as far as stats go, they couldn't ask for more than what they did against them through the air. Uh, Kyler Murray had a real nice game, and Christian Kirk was just exposing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary. For we all knew what it was anyway, which is bad. So uh, they didn't run the ball well, but they threw the ball really well. So Jeff, who's your varsity player, man? So I'm going with uh, uh, Danny Dimes from from the New York Giants, uh, and I, both my varsity and JV are from them, and I'll get to my JV in a second. But uh, yeah, uh, Daniel Jones, uh, you know, going 26 of 40 for 308 and four touchdowns, uh, really eclipsing that 300 mark there for some extra bonus points. Uh, you know, so so we told you last week that he was a good play against the Jets, uh, and that's really why he is my varsity player. There was definitely some big big names out there, Cooper, etc. But uh, but I will say that Daniel Jones is one of those that we came out and said stream this guy. And he went out and produced for us. So here, here I am putting him as my varsity player. Um, and But right behind him in that backfield is Saquon Barkley, who I have to put as my JV because he rushes for 13, 13 rushes for one yard. Hard to believe that he's he's just barely over 400 yards. Talk about a sophomore slump. 
uh, really. And and you're going to say that I think this is behind, you know, uh, what Reggie Bush and his uh, 10 rushes for negative five yards. I mean, you know, unbelievable how that's happened. But now you got a guy who, who just, you know, 13 for one. Yeah, he's, he's hurt. And we'll talk about that in a second. But great performance by one, horrible performance by the other equals a loss to the Jets rushing yeah. for the number one overall draft pick. Yeah, you know when I I don't know if you guys recall, but I told you guys kind of keep an eye on them on him because they rushed him back. Um, you know he got on the field really quickly. He's not Superman. He's just another person, and coming back from a high ankle sprain that quickly is tough. And he has not been the same player since he returned. You know before the injury he was averaging 100 and almost 128 yards from scrimmage, 5.3 yards a carry uh, for his first 18 games. So. Uh, and then since that injury, when he's come back, 87 yards from scrimmage, just 2.6 yards per carry. Uh, that's four games. I mean, it's a small sample size, but they've lost all four of those games. Um, thankfully, they get a bye this week, so maybe he can heal up. But he's definitely not been the same after coming back from that high ankle sprain. And I just think it's because they rushed him back, and he's you know he's still dealing with some residual out of that. So uh, my JV player is another running back, and you know, you stayed on the same team as your varsity, and I'm going to do the same thing because David Johnson, man, you know, after a few weeks ago when he came out there, had the the one, one carry snap, whatever it was, for the first uh, play and then basically didn't see the field again, I was like, okay, you know, you can't trust him until he's ready and good to go. And then it looks like he's ready and good to go this week, and he comes out there, gets six touches, five carries for two yards, one catch for eight yards. And not only that, guys, he lost you a fumble as well. So he's dropping negative points out there for your team. Man, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And I just I feel terrible about even starting him now. I don't know. He's going to have to hit my bench for a few weeks probably. You know, I don't know. I don't want to be playing him trying to squeeze into the playoffs in a league where he's already hosed me you know, three weeks now. Uh, with some really bad performances. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. And like you said, don't run the ball. You end up losing. They lost to a two-win Tampa Bay team. Uh, and just whatever. You know, you can only – you've got to be a well-rounded team. You've got to do it uh, successfully at least. You know, David Johnson put them in a hole for sure. Uh, as far as uh, – some injuries. Let's get to the rundown because there are a few big injuries. Uh, some of you guys that drafted Austin Hooper late, it's not going to look good. You're probably going to be missing him for a few weeks, two to three weeks at least. He's got an MCL sprain. He's going to be going for a second opinion. Um, hopefully that second opinion comes back uh, positive and he doesn't have a long recovery. They're not going to shut him down, so don't worry about that. He goes on your bench. You you find yourself a tight end. You can plug and play for a few weeks. You're probably in good shape if you had Hooper because He's been a difference maker at the, at the position, so you're probably not trying to, you know, scrape into the playoffs. You, you might be in a good situation where you've got some uh, flexibility and some, you know, maybe a cushion there. But uh, the other one for me from the Falcons, Devontae Freeman, and that actually opens up the door for a, wa- a waiver wire pickup we'll talk about in a little bit. But he's got a foot injury, and actually it's it's supposed to be affecting his toe more than his foot, which is actually worse in my opinion because – you know, cutting and turning, that takes a lot on, you know, just pushing off on your toes. So I'd rather hear, I'd rather hear that he had an ankle injury or something than a toe injury because those linger forever. Um, I don't know, turf toe, it's not a turf toe injury, but it is a sprain. 
and uh, he's going through that. Uh, and then uh, Chris Herndon, you know, we pimped him for a while, and he finally gets out there. He's got fractured ribs. He's going to miss a couple weeks. So uh, if you were holding on to him, hoping and hoping, he's droppable by now. Uh, we mentioned Saquon Barkley. He's going to have an MRI. We haven't heard anything back yet. So just keep an eye on that news. Uh, they're saying they're not going to shut him down, uh, but they are they are nervous about his availability for the next week or two. So uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, another one, uh, let's talk about two quarterbacks real quick. Uh, they actually did not play this week, but they are injuries that we want to mention because both of them were kind of expected to play. Uh, Matthew Stafford has, he actually has a fracture in his back, which, uh, guys, I don't think that's a good idea, you know, to play with that. And he said something about, I think it was a good idea to sit this week. I, I feel confident about that. I'm like, well, no crap. It's a good idea to sit with a broken back. It doesn't make any sense to kind of push it out there. It's not like the, the Lions are winning a title this year or anything. They're, they're just playing for stats at this point, trying to maybe squeeze into a playoff spot on the back end. But, uh, yeah, so they're, they're going to give him time to heal. So you may be without Stafford. And he's been so good this year. Uh, he was on pace for 5,000 yards. Um, I think it was like 38 and 10. So 38 touchdowns, 10 picks. I mean, it was going to be one of his best seasons ever. So that's unfortunate. You know, he was really uh, someone you could lean on at the quarterback position. Um, you know, he's again, he's a droppable player for me. Uh, I don't think they play him for at least a couple more weeks. And if you're, you know, if you're like the rest of us that are, you know, you're not eight and one or seven and two, you're, you're working on uh, trying to get into the playoffs coming through this week. Uh, you're going to need those roster spots. So, and then Jacoby Brissett, I know he's been a streaming kind of off and on quarterback all year long. Um, you know, he's, he's dealing with that uh, knee issue as well. So uh, we just don't know what's going on. He's week to week. He, it seemed like he was really close to playing this week, so maybe he has a shot this week coming up. But uh, at this point, I don't think you can feel confident about that. Um, you know, I mentioned a long time ago, uh, maybe three or four episodes ago, that, that uh, concussions are not a linear progression. You don't go, okay, you know, I've been, it's, it's a high ankle sprain. I've gone three weeks and I can get back on the field. You know, this is one of those where anything can happen at any point and you can have a setback. And that's what's going on with Sterling Shepard. The second concussion of the year, uh, he was cleared, all was well, and then all of a sudden something went wrong. And the head is a, is a complex thing up there. Uh, I'm, I'm too stupid to know exactly what's going on up there. But, um, I mean, he had a setback and now we don't know when he's going to play again. So that's it's actually going to open up something for us in a little bit. We'll talk about a player uh, who has excelled in the last few weeks, um, but keep an eye on him. And then uh, Paris Campbell, drop him. He's done. Uh, not that he was much of anything anyway, but with him and T.Y. Hilton out, we got one more player we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, and then one defensive player I want to mention, and I know I've rambled a little bit here, uh, but Marshawn Lattimore is someone that uh, he's got a hamstring sprain or strain, excuse me, and uh, they go against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I don't remember if you remember last time that the Saints played the Buccaneers, Evans put up a goose. He just nothing. And this year, or this week, he's going to be coming up against someone who's not Marshawn Lattimore. And, and you know, Marshawn Lattimore had a really rough start to the season and then really turned it on and has been locking players down. And like, like this past week against Atlanta, as soon as he leaves the game, you know, uh, Jones gets that 54-yard long reception down the sideline. So, uh, if Lattimore is not playing, you can bu- you can upgrade uh, Mike Evans to an easy wide receiver one. Uh, 
which is great news for all you Mike Evans owners out there. That includes me in a few spots. So, uh, you know, not great for the Saints, but good for your fantasy teams because, you know, we care about offense more than anything. Uh, Jeff, that Marshawn Lattimore news, that really hurts you, huh? So, yeah, as a, as a team, especially as a fantasy owner who owns Saints on a couple, uh, two of the teams I have, Cowboys in one and uh, Bears in the other. Um, yeah, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, I think you and I were having this conversation early on off off uh, offline and we were explaining you know how how shut down is Marshawn Lattimore and I think we realized just how short shut down he was in that first quarter you know and he and he was doing it he, I think he really came out against Mike Evans and really showed and I was kind of saying it's all about de- defensive schemes and how it's working and how they're using it and and you know they're obviously letting him go up against the number one as he feels most comfortable doing not having him there you go back to a number one first or a first round draft pick at Eli Apple who proved in in New York that he isn't a number one. He really is a number two, but he is for a number two, a shutdown. But now you got him going up against, uh, you know, Evans. And so, but the problem with Tampa Bay is that they don't just have Evans. They have Godwin as well. So this could be a, a week where Evans rolls, but it could also be a week where Godwin rolls uh, just because they're saying, Hey, you know, they're expecting Evans to roll, so let's throw to Godwin. You know, interesting how the Saints, you know, both Saints and Falcons both come off a of bye week. And, you know, the adjustments made for the two teams, the Saints were just rolling, very little adjustment made. The Falcons, I'm going to tell you right now, very interesting to see how they move forward because they made some significant adjustments in the bye week. I mean, Dan Quinn is the lawyer calling plays. Right. Uh, their offensive scheme was now let's run the ball, um, you know, and so so these are two very very important changes uh, to how Atlanta is going to move, and and so that even lines up this week with with the Buccaneers, and then you look at Thanksgiving uh, night uh, when Atlanta and the New Orleans play again, and so you know. Marshawn needs to get back on that field in order for the Saints defense to be where it needs to be. They will be still. I think you're going to see them clean up. And when you're you're talking about, I think they had like seven first downs uh, because of penalties. I mean that's insane. Uh, you know, and all the all those Saints haters out there. I, I mean, I'm a diehard Saints fan. I sat on the couch with my dad who had a bag on his head drinking a you know a, a, a beer back in the day. Okay, so we I'm I'm diehard Saints fan. And I will tell you, every one of those uh, hands to the face calls were legit. Don't don't give excuses. Uh, if you see it, you call it. That's the way it is. And that's and don't just don't put your hands in the face. How hard is it to do that? You know, and I mean, we we're talking about clear, blatant stuff right there. And this is the reason why you see a team like the Saints who just seemingly unfolded uh, before our eyes yesterday. Yeah, that, you know, when I was mentioning earlier those Homer uh, Saints announcers, and I messaged you about it, they literally, you know, there was a hands-to-face call and uh, cost them, you know, uh, easy first down. And the guy, one of the announcers said, you know, I see it happened, but you don't always have to call it. And it's like, what What are you talking about, man? That was what, you know, one of those things that was frustrating for me is they were – they could not get over themselves, uh, at least the one. The other one, the other guy said, yeah, yeah actually, if you watch it, that it's, he's got his hand inside the face mask. Like, yeah, you know, you, you do have to call it if you see it, you know, if you're the ref. But 
Um, yeah, they did. They, they shot themselves in the foot there and uh, gave up a lot of easy first downs, um, cost themselves a couple plays here and there uh, with some bad penalties. And, you know, you can't do that in the NFL. It's that simple. Uh, when I mean, the NFL is not that there's not that much of a gap in talent. That's not like college where, you know, you get, you know, an Alabama versus South Carolina State or whatever. You know, this is these are all professional players. They all go out there, they get paid, and there's some real talent on every team, except maybe the Dolphins. And so, uh, you know, you can't. There you, you can't, go again, bringing up the Dolphins each and every week for one reason or another. Uh, but hey, I will say this. this week, man. Hey, whatever. They've, they've yeah, not- uh, still, has, still not saying them. Hey, check this out. It, you know, it's a good thing the NFL has not op- adopted the college football ranking system because I think the Saints would have just went from like you know number two, number three in the rankings right now to, to probably like unranked, losing to the Falcons. <laughs> you know, it's like this week would have been like the worst way to rank professional football teams and so if there are ways those guys who outdo it out there professionally and i, I read a couple of sites that are like let's rank the top top team from one to 32 and it's like this week good luck <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a crapshoot on where these guys are going to fall out uh i think the saints are going to bounce back they're going to have a big game um you know i think i think it's hard to say that the Saints are going to come back and be and shut down. I'm not playing the Saints defense this week, obviously, but uh, I do think they're going to pull out a win th- this weekend. Um, not just being a homer, but I, you you got a good team. No one doubts they're a good team, and right, I think right. when you see a situation where they just had a really bad performance, usually you expect them to have a really good performance. If they don't, uh, yeah, you know, all bets are off on where they're going this year. Yeah, if they don't come out and put it down on uh, Tampa Bay, then you might start hitting that panic button for the, uh, you know, a little bit of an oh shit moment of what's going to happen going forward. Cause it could get really sketchy going forward if they don't take advantage of what should have been a really soft uh, stretch of games here. Um, all right. So speaking of takeaways and what we can kind of glean from this weekend, uh, you know, my first one is you just can't trust anyone in that Packers offense, uh, the passing offense, excuse me. They're, they're running backs to have a huge role, but well, you can't t- trust anyone that Packers passing offense except Devontae Adams, who looked really good this week. Um, that includes Aaron Rodgers. I don't trust him. He had a really nice two-game stretch there a couple weeks ago uh, against Oakland and KC, where he goes 429-5, and 305-3. Other than that, he's not been, I mean, whew, last week against the Chargers and then this week against Carolina, he's not been good. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't feel good about him as a, as an NFL quarterback or as a fantasy quarterback right now. And thankfully their run game is going well and their defense is playing pretty good because otherwise it could get rough for them, but they're on a bye this week. So you don't have to worry about that. Then they come back and they got to play San Francisco in week 12. So go ahead and put, go ahead and find yourself a starting quarterback for the next two weeks, because I wouldn't play Aaron Rodgers against San Francisco. Of course, you're not playing him when he's sitting, you know, sitting in a Rubo on his bye week either. So, uh, and then another one, um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but LaShawn McCoy, was, uh, he was a healthy scratch this week. Uh, Damian Williams has a stranglehold on that KC uh, lead running back role. Um, you know, they've got Darrell Williams and Darwin Thompson out there, but they I don't know what it is. I know that uh, McCoy, um, he had a, a real bad uh, fumble a few weeks ago, and that has put him in the doghouse. I didn't think it would last this long. You know, generally – 
you you might see it go for a game, but to to be an entirely uh, inactive player who they don't even care about right now, uh, that bodes well for Damian Williams. It kind of puts some clarity in the uh, backfield there. Now, Williams did have a fumble that was returned for a touchdown, so keep an eye on that. But if McCoy is a healthy scratch again this week, then fire him up. So uh, Because Williams is going to have a nice role going forward. Uh, and then the one one other thing, and I know we all were kind of hoping that Case Keenum would return as the quarterback, uh, because not because of Case Keenum, but because a lot of us were that we really liked uh, Terry McLaurin and what he had been able to do. Well, it looks like Haskins has been named the Washington uh, Four Skins starter the rest of the season. So uh, if you were counting on McLaurin, it may not go well because Haskins is just not NFL ready. They're throwing him to the wolves. It looks like. Uh, I think they might be going for that top one or two pick. You know, at this point, the Dolphins are playing themselves out of that. They've got two wins now. Cincinnati has none. Uh, Washington just has one. So now that they've kind of put themselves in a real bad position, but Washington trying to get that top two pick or so, I think they're starting with Haskins on purpose, and knowing that he gives them the worst shot to win, not the best shot to win. Uh, hey, you know. Get your, you know, take your lumps, and if he's mentally strong, he'll handle it. But if not, they may, they may find out they don't have anything with him, and they can uh, go ahead and draft a quarterback early. So, uh, Jeff, you got any concerns about that Washington offense now? No, I, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not interested in anybody on Washington. I, I think I've, I've pretty much dropped everybody. Um, well, what about Jeff? Jeff what about Darius guys? We just talked. That's a great point. And here's guys. Yep. Uh, and, and where he's going, you know, so that, that's a great name. I, I did forget about that. So that's, that is a, that is an option. Uh, I think that that may be uh, something I'm interested in continuing to watch. Right. I just think, I don't know that it helps uh, Darius guys to stop going forward. I always want to see running backs in a better offense. If I can get them in a better offense, you know, because, Scoring opportunities, more time on the field, etc. All that's very important. Um, and I think I yeah, just one saw example that. of that is uh, is Marlon Mack and, and what we saw this weekend out of him. You know. Yeah, they've got to have they've got to have an offense to uh, to get uh, production out of them. Uh, I just hey, by the way, I'm watching this game and Emmanuel Sanders is headed to the uh, locker room. Uh, I didn't see what happened. I'm not paying that much attention to it. I just saw him walking with a couple player personnel uh, guys, uh, some trainers or something. So Yeah, uh, while you have that, you know, we're all the takeaways before we get into the rest of the, the, the pulls this week is, is to say this. This is a really interesting matchup because by the time we're finished with this, the game's still going to be going on, and, you know, we'll talk about it tomorrow. But, you know, San Francisco is up 10 to up with uh, nine to go in the, in the second, all right? And, and here's the interesting right. thing, okay? You've got a potential MVP uh, on one side of the ball. And you've got right. an un, uh, undefeated team on the other side of the ball. You know, so a lot of people are saying, okay, well, now San Francisco's got a real challenge, inner, inner division uh, uh, div- uh, challenge and against an MVP. So if they're going to have a hard matchup, it's going to be this one right here. This is their first real test. And, and the same goes on the other side of the ball. You know, is this the MVP? Uh, because right now a lot of people are saying, if not, then is it Jackson? Uh, after his performance this past week, which is like baller, but it was Cincinnati. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I think this is a really interesting matchup you got right now. I think 
you know, we're going to see where San Francisco really is all about this week and uh, and Seattle, too. So great matchup. And, and I just can't I don't have a takeaway for it, but I'm just going to say when well, however this game comes up, I've kind of like predicted that uh, whoever wins, the takeaway is just what I said. Yeah, no, this game right here is a pivotal game, I think, for both teams. Is, is do we find out if San Francisco is legit or if you know they just had a soft schedule and they're going to run into something now? Right now they look really well. They've they've been all over the place. They had a blitz a blitz sack earlier. They just came clean and and got uh, Russell Wilson on third down. So um, I've seen nothing but good things so far as I glance over there. But uh, you know it's a long game ahead of them. It, it only takes a few plays here and there to change the outcome of a game like this. So. But right now, ten nothing. Uh, they're rolling, so you know it, they could be real. All right, so let's uh, keep on moving. We've got some uh, actionable things for our for our listeners this week. Uh, I mentioned that we had uh, three players, and I've only got three players on this waiver list. You might have a couple more to add. I'm not sure, Jeff. It's kind of a thin week, but uh, there are players that we want to look at. Um, the first one is Brian Hill. Like always, it just comes down to you know, uh, opportunity. And, and Devontae Freeman has himself a foot injury, like we mentioned. And Brian Hill comes in. And, you know, we thought, everyone thought, everyone always thinks, really, that if you get into the third and fourth string running backs, like this is, because Edo Smith is on IR, that uh, you're going to have a committee. Well, Kenyon Barner is the, uh, the other backup behind uh, Devontae Freeman. He gets one touch. Meanwhile, Brian Hill... 20 carries for 61 yards, also has a reception for 10 yards. Uh, I mean, just silliness how much they used him compared to all the other uh, options out there, which were pretty limited this week. But, um, you know, they they really leaned on him a lot. And like you said, if they're transitioning into a more running team, and I think maybe part of that was a product of being ahead early Controlling the tempo of the game and really just being uh, in control of the entire situation all night or all afternoon long, uh, I think that's part of it. But I think he's still going to have a big role in that offense, and it's a it's a productive offense, so that's what you want to see. Uh, if you can get Brian Hill off the waiver wire, I think he's my number one pickup this week uh, because there's just not that many uh, running back pickups, and I always want to try and find running backs late in the season because they're the ones that pop up out of nowhere and can really win a league for you. Now, I'm not saying Brian Hill's going to be a league winner, but certainly in these heavy bye weeks, like we've got another coming up this week, uh, you could use him. You know, if you've got uh, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Saquon Barkley, and Carson, uh, Chris Carson, I mean, there's a lot of players out there that are going to be missing this week. So uh, if you're looking for a replacement, Brian Hill, I think, is a suitable one. Um, you know, they go, they have a... Yeah, so- to, to put out there, I mean, the interesting thing is that the the one touchdown catch he got was was on a was on a pretty busted play by the Saints to catch that. Otherwise, he was only targeted one other time. You know, it, the thing that catches me is that I mean, yeah, we're okay. You're right. He is the top pickup this week, uh, no doubt, um, simply because of you know where they're going and what's going on there, um, and we're really deep into the season. But you know, the 3.1 yards rush average is yeah. something that's interesting, but it was against the Saints defense. And so even though they played garbage, they still there. I mean, the the thing here is that this, the important thing about the, the Brian Hill pickup, and this is why I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Okay. 
is because they got the Panthers run fun defense coming up. So, you know, I mean, this is that's the pickup. That's the reason why people are saying, should I? Uh, because I really didn't even see Devontae Freeman as a conversation piece in the last 10 weeks of us talking. It really, the conversation piece is it's not so much as this is a plug player, especially this week. Um, and when you have guys that, like Justin said, is is, is missing. So I, I pick him up number one of, uh, on my waiver wire this week. Yeah, at this point, you can't really save your waiver wire priority that much um, right. because, uh, you know, you're running into where you've only got a few weeks left in the regular season before you hit the playoffs. Uh, you don't want to be rolling into the playoffs wishing you had gotten that one player that maybe gets you that one extra win here and there, get you a better seed, or get you in at all. You know, maybe you missed the playoffs because you got too conservative with your waiver wire uh, priority. So right now, I'd burn it, and I'd burn it on any of these three guys that I've got listed. Um, Zach Pascal, uh, I know we mentioned him last week, and if you didn't add him, I don't just tell you, man. I mean, he's just he continues to produce, um, and now Paris Campbell is out, so. You've got Paris Campbell hurt. We already knew T.Y. Hilton was going to miss a few weeks. And uh, Pascal just keeps on getting out there and uh, putting up points. Now, he had a tough week this week against Miami, but um, that's because Brian Hoyer uh, just didn't look good. And I I expect Brian Hoyer to be a little bit better. But he's got Jacksonville next week, and he's got Houston. That's an excellent matchup. He's got Tennessee. He's got Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Um, so, he, Justin, I'm, I'm like in total disagreement with you here. Um, OK, so it's Miami. OK, right, and, right. and he didn't produce. It's, it's not it's not like, OK, we're going from Miami to Jacksonville to OK, look at the rest of the schedule. To me, he is not on my waiver wire. And here's why. Unless Brissett's playing. Yes, he then becomes on my wire. But I'm not. I mean, he went. He only had 76 yards, and the the touchdown padded his stats the week before because he only caught five balls. And the week, in this week, you know, he it's 26 yards, man. 26. It's Miami. Jeff Brian Effing Hoyer. That's all I gotta say, Brian Hoyer. Now I don't. No, there's that's the point, dude. That that is my point. He's not on this list because of Hoyer. Yeah, but I'm so not saying it, starting next week against Jacksonville, but then if uh, – and I expect, I kind of expect Brissett to be back by week 12, and that's a Houston matchup that you can really use him in. Um, you know, but you he's, say, not, he's not high enough on my list right now to, to me. I think don't use your waiver priority list. I think there's some other guys out there that we could, you could grab besides Pascal. I just, I, just don't dis- I just disagree with you on this, this one right now. I think that's a wait for me. See, you said you said he only had 76 yards, Jeff. You know that 76 yards in a game is a 1,200-yard pace for the season, 12-16 to be exact. I mean, I don't. I'll take 76 yards, six catches, whatever it was, and a touchdown or five catches, a touchdown every every day of the week because that's that's a 80 for 1,216. And I don't care about the touchdown pace. Yeah, it's fine. But right now he's got 347 total yards on the season. Okay, so. There's that, um, you know, so it's not like he's out there. He's only caught 21 catch, uh, 21 catch. We're week, we're week 10. He's caught it 21, 21 times. So to me, I, I'm, I'm not, you know. Yeah, but you got to remember, he didn't, even, he, he didn't even barely see the field in the first two weeks. So he's only got that in seven games. And I mean, I just think that especially with both Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton now injured, 
that uh, his opportunity is going to be there. And they've got to throw to somebody. So, you know, I, I think there's options there. Uh, you know, I, I think I think we'll need, we really need to see you really need to see if Hilton is going to come back after this bye, um, because uh, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, not probably, after the bye. Yeah, yeah I was mistaken. You're gonna see if Hilton comes back. Uh, you know, because they were saying that this week he's like he's still day to day. Like he may come back and play. I think um, he's still two weeks out. They were saying two to three weeks last week, and it was that was kind of aggressive anyway. Um, it's, it's a watch. It's a wait and see to me. For me. Yeah. No, and that's fine. Uh, you know, I got another receiver on the list here, and uh, yep. yeah, he's you catching do. a lot more hype. Uh, and that's Darius Slayton. Now, he had a really nice game a couple weeks ago. He caught two touchdowns, but that was his only two catches of the game. Uh, this week, he, I mean, he just goes nuts, uh, ends up putting up uh, 10 catches for 121 yards and two touchdowns. So another two touchdowns. Uh, you know, he had a really, he had a dud game against Dallas and then comes back. This is the first time he's caught more than four balls, so I want to keep an eye on that. And then he goes, he's got a buy, and then he's against Chicago, so it could get a little rough. Um, his end of se- uh, end of season schedule, though, it's Chicago. All right, so then he's got Green Bay. All right, whatever. Philly, Miami, Washington. Those are your playoffs. So Slayton could be really nice. We just don't know if if Shepard sees the field again this year at all. Um, so so he's another. Ingram, or Ingram. You know, yeah, they're saying right. Ingram and Shepard is really what's what limits him because, you know, you're talking about a guy who got who 10 for, for 121 and two touchdowns on 14. Right. But what was one yeah. for six? So, I mean, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah and the next Dimes closest. found Slayton. And so what's he going to do next week? I mean, this guy, I don't know. The stretch run here is where I'm concerned about. I like what you're saying down the run in the playoffs. That might be a good pickup, uh, especially if somebody got hurt um, and you're need, or you're needing something. But I, like they got to buy this week. So you're picking up as a waiver wire pickup, understanding that nobody else is really picking. You may be able to wait until Thursday to pick him up as an F as an ad instead of waiver, just because of the fact they're on waivers. So or because they're on a buy. The so, only thing about that is people, you know, they sort they they sort by two things. They sort by what they did last week and what they're supposed to do next week. You know, their projections yep. and their pass points. And he's going to be at the top of the list when they when they sort by, you know, last week's points. So I don't think yeah, a lot of people right now are picking up waivers based on uh, based on uh, you know people not playing and people injured. And so Darius Slayton kind of to me is one of those. I think you I think. If you you're really feeling uncomfortable, wait. Okay, so I got two two that I'm gonna just throw out there for you, um, and really they're kind of dependents, right? But they're waivers nonetheless, and I and I did preface with they are dependent, but I do like J.D. McKissick and where he's at right now with the Lions, you know, and then you kind of you got to kind of see how that situation's playing out there with the Lions, but uh, you know when there's a you mentioned Matthew Stafford earlier, but J.D. McKissick is definitely a pass catching back. And, uh, you know, it's easy to see that his contribution may even still be higher and uh, depending on whether or not Jeff Driscoll identifies him as his go to. But I mean, he had he had six catches, not a lot, of, not a lot of yards this week. But, you know, it, it, it all depends on Johnson's availability. And the second one I throw out there 
is um, is Nick Foles. Um, and I, I bring him up, and a lot of people might say, you know, really? And my thing is this, is that I don't ever count Nick Foles out, uh, you know, because they are – the Jaguars are two games out of AFC South of, of, of taking the division. Um and this is like this is Nick Foles' area. Hey, you get to come in and be the the hero. Like it's almost like he got hurt just so that he can come in at the end of the year and the Jaguars can go to the playoffs. <laughs> it's like this is what he does, right? So, um, but yeah, it's they they. I, I think he's a pickup. I think he's available in like a lot of your leagues, or at least two thirds of your leagues. Yeah. So that's just my thought. Two two guys I'm throwing out there to you um, as as guys to keep an eye on. Yeah, you know, I'm fine with the McKissick thing, but I could give a crap about Nick Foles. He's just terrible. Um, I think I looked it up earlier this offseason. Uh, last year, including his playoff games, he was on pace for like 23 touchdowns and 18 interceptions. The guy's just not that good. Um, he had a magical run with the Eagles to get to the Super Bowl and win that. Uh, otherwise, whatever, dude. I want nothing to do with him. So I can't I can't get on board with you on that one. I think there's just too many options out there, and we're going to talk about some streamers in a minute uh, that are available all over the place that I would much rather play than Nick Foles under just about any circumstance um, because you he know, could. This isn't so much about a. Make sure I clear. This is so much about a streamer. This is about his playoff. You know, if you're getting into the playoffs and you're and you're needing a guy. Um, uh, to look at look at his schedule in the playoffs, the Bucks, the Chargers, the and the Raiders, and so you know all of those are favorable matchups. Um, and and if you're really really deep, uh, and and you got like I got one league where I'm a week 17, week 18, um, you know the the Falcons and the Jacks, or Falcons and the Colts. Now minus the the, the look at the Falcons as they move forward because of what they did in the Saints, but you know. Uh, you know, who knows, but that that's that's some of the things you're thinking about, especially when you look later on in the season, how that might play out. Just my thoughts. Yeah, but I just don't care about what, who he's playing because he could come out and throw, you know, 471 yards and four touchdowns with one pick like he did against uh, Houston a couple years ago or last year, I mean. Or he could come out and have, you know, 270 and one touchdown or, uh, you know, 163, one and one like he did against Oakland a couple years ago. I mean, no, the dude's just not good. He's just he, – you don't know what you're going to get from him, and I don't want to count on that in the playoffs. I don't care what his matchups his matchups are because if he comes out there and he drops, you know, 190 yards and one touchdown, one interception, no one's going to be surprised by that performance, but you're going to regret it because he's going to be that guy that costs you your, your championship. Uh, so I, I want nothing to do with Nick Foles. He's just not a good quarterback. Uh, I want to count on players that are a little bit more dependable. Um, and so I, I just, I don't think he's worthy of even a roster spot at this point. And I'm fine with just leaving him out there and let somebody else grab him and let them lose that. Uh, holy cow. I just got distracted because Metcalf was working his way down to the end zone and literally they took the ball away from him. I don't know if he's down or not. Uh, but I, yeah, I just don't, I want somebody who I can depend on in a clutch situation and I don't mean clutch for the team, but clutch for your fantasy team, because he doesn't know what your fantasy situation is. But uh, I want to see him uh, actually uh, do well for your team. And I just don't feel great about doing that on a week to week basis. So let somebody else grab him. Let somebody else roll him out there that one week that he goes for 
you know, 175 in a pick and they lose and you can you can find better options. Uh, speaking of better options, let's get right on into our uh, our QB streamers. So I've got a few here listed. Um, Derek Carr against the Bengals. Um, he's not going to be that guy that costs you games anymore. Like yeah, Metcalf straight up gave that ball away. Uh, he just had it taken right out of his hands. You know, for someone as big as Metcalf, he should be able to hold on to that ball. Uh, but literally, the guy just pulled it away. Anyways, uh, Derek Carr, uh, he's playing the Bengals this week. They're bad. I mean, just whatever. It's a matchup situation. I expect 250 and a couple touchdowns at least, which is just fine as a streamer in a week where there's a lot of good quarterbacks that are going to be uh, out. Russell Wilson. You know, I mentioned, I said good, and then now I'm going to say uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, he's tolerable. A lot of people have been playing him regardless. Um, and then I've got uh, Mason Rudolph. Not because of who he is, but because of who he's playing. He's got the Browns. The Browns are terrible. Keep rolling uh, quarterbacks out there. They just let uh, Josh Allen have a field day against them in, in, in this past weekend, even though they end up winning that game. Um, so, yeah, I would feel great about uh, Mason Rudolph for this week alone. I don't, I'm not a Mason Rudolph guy by any means, but the Browns are just not good, uh, which is unfortunate because I thought they were going to be better. Uh, Kyle Allen versus the Falcons. And I know the Falcons had a really nice game against the Saints this week. I think this is sort of a lit down situation where now they come back to earth. The defense is not good. It doesn't matter who's calling plays. Um, I know that Dan Quinn is not calling the defensive plays anymore. He probably shouldn't be even on the sideline. Uh, go ahead and get rid of him. Come on, Arthur Blank. What are you waiting for? Um, but as soon as he gives up some play calling, uh, they come out there and ball out, but I don't think that's sustainable. Uh, they don't have the edge pass rushers that you need to kind of get that done, uh, even though the Saints were exposed this past week. Uh, but then uh, my last one is Sam Darnold um, against the Washington Foreskins. So uh, Darnold had a nice game. Uh, I think he's got a good opportunity here. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those deep reaches. And there's just not much you can do for uh, quarterback this week. And if you need a starter, he's someone that could end up being that guy. And so I, I like Sam Darnold this week. Uh, Carr, Rudolph, Allen, Darnold, all guys that are available all over the place and all guys that you could start in a, in a pinch. So Jeff, do you have to reach at all this week? Or uh, have you already passed the buys on all your big players as far as QB goes? Yeah. No, I pass. I'm I'm good. Just I'm good for what's moving forward. I do I do find your Rudolph pick uh, interesting. I, I don't disagree with you. Um, you know he's definitely a game manager. Uh, but you know they they've won four four games. I mean if well I say game manager, but there's a game manager that's that throws the ball 38 times. And so it's not so much a game manager as they are using the arm. And and that's interesting, especially with James Conner coming back. Um, so that, that's going to be a very, you know, if he plays like he did the game before he went out or the game that he actually went out, you know, that's, that's fantastic for Rudolph. And so when you got, when you got the Steelers rolling right now in division game, uh, two games out of first place of the Ravens, which it's, it's hard to believe that we're having that conversation right now, just four games ago, they were one in four and you're asking yourself, you know, uh, is it a sell, a sell heavy? I mean, 
Wow, when you talk about one guy coming to the team making a difference, look at you look at Fitzpatrick in the background, yeah. man. Like that's talk about IDP, right? So um what a win there. I mean, there's guys probably who are just literally winning their leagues because of that one player if they picked him up. But um uh but yeah, I I, I do like Rudolph I, because I like what the Steelers are doing and, and, and interesting how they keep rolling. If the Ravens can get stopped uh, by somebody, because obviously New England can do it, um, then the Steelers have a chance. Uh, and I think they got some matchups going for it. Otherwise, I think I agree with you on all your other comments. Yeah, Fitzpatrick has been a monster. Uh, you know, he's been on the Steelers for uh, seven games. In that seven-game stretch, he has four interceptions, two fumble recoveries, two touchdowns, and a fumble force. So, I mean, Chris Steelers, he's been balling. Uh, his transition onto that defense has been flawless. Uh, they're doing he's really good. He's got more interception return yards and touchdowns than than a lot of a lot of wide receivers out there that we were expected to do well. So I wish that they could uh, put that guy as a wide receiver too, because I could probably take him in a couple of weeks and put him in there. Right. So. He's got, hey, look, he's got, more, he's got more touchdowns than Odell Beckham this year. That's right. There you go. That's crazy. Yep. Uh, all right. So let's talk about some tight ends um, because once again we got some players missing, some players injured. You know, uh, Kittle is missing tonight. Austin Hooper has gone down. He's gonna miss a few weeks. So uh, let's talk about some guys real quick. Um, Luke Stalker is the Falcons' backup tight end. Now you know they've traded Sanu. Um, now Austin Hooper goes down, and I don't think that they're in a situation where they're gonna be up, you know, 10, 12, 15 points. Uh, next week against the Panthers. So I think they're going to be in a, in a, a pass-heavy offense once again. And that's going to open up the, thing, the game again. Uh, they're going to need an underneath target with Sanu and Hooper gone. So uh, I could see Stalker getting, you know, five for 60 or something like that. You know, a, a decent tight end week and maybe a touchdown. Uh, so that's one of those that I could see happening. Tyler Eifert against Oakland. Uh, he's getting a role in this offense. Finley is uh, a dump-down quarterback, and uh, the Oakland Raiders aren't good against the tight end. So, And then the ultimate uh, matchup play is Ross Dwelly. Uh, he is the uh, 49ers' backup tight end. You know, uh, Kittle is out, and I'm not sure that they're going to end up even playing him next week. Um, I don't think he was as close as uh, a lot of people thought he was this week. Uh, they They have been saying all week long that, if it was today that he couldn't play, if, if we had to make a decision now, he'd be out, et cetera. So, uh, and Arizona is historically bad against the tight end. So if you, if uh, we hear bad things about George Kittle, then uh, it's a name to keep an eye on as Ross Dwelly, who could end up being, you know, that random start that you need, who could uh, make a play for you and potentially win you a, le- a week. So, Jeff, you got anything to add on those tight ends or uh, another any other tight ends out there? No, I think that yeah, again, you're you're spot on this guy. I think we're we're really deep into the league. Uh, the only one that I'm actually interested in here is uh, is, is Luke Stalker. Um, if I had to go grab, um, simply because of the fact of Austin Hooper and how much he means to that team. I have Austin Hooper, uh, but I I do have a viable backup. So. I, you know, in Everett this week. So I'm fine, but, uh, but, but some other people out there may be looking and that's that Luke Stalker is, is a pickup just because I know how Matt, Matt Ryan's going to use him. Fair enough. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to have to be reaching for a tight end, uh, in a league where 
uh, I had Ingram and I played a streamer this week, but I'm not sure I feel great about it. Uh, so I don't know. I may be going that way. Oh, and I did have one more on here. Dawson Knox against Miami. Uh, he had a nice role in the offense this week. And once again, Miami not good against the, the tight end. So uh, that's one more that you could reach for if you needed. Uh, now let's talk about some defense real quick. Um, I, and I'm not the biggest kicker defense guy, fan out there, but I think uh, these games right here, they could end up winning you the week. Uh, the Cowboys versus the Lions. Look, if Jeff Driscoll is running out there playing quarterback again next week for the Lions, then you got to feel good about that Cowboys defense being able to maybe get a turnover or two, maybe even take one down to the, to the end zone, get themselves a, a six on the board. Uh, that's an easy one for me. Um, and then keeping an eye on those injuries, uh, the Jags versus Indy. Jags are coming off a bye. They were dropped in a lot of places. Uh, they weren't great um, going, you know, the last few weeks. But they do have a prime matchup if it's Brian Hoyer again because Brian Hoyer is as mediocre as it comes. Um, and then my last one, and this is going to be way out there, guys, but Ryan Finley's not a good quarterback. The Raiders have been playing better. And they're going to be going to, going up against Cincy, so uh, that would I'd feel okay about that one. Not great, but okay about playing the Raiders versus Cincinnati with uh, Ryan Finley back there. You know, I was talking to some guys in another chat and uh, about the Ryan Finley move and how it just looks terrible, and I think everybody agreed. But then you know the revelation is. They're over right now. They've got no wins. Maybe they don't want any wins. Maybe they want that first one, that number one pick, and you know the commodity of that. Uh, whether they trade, whether they draft their their QB of the future then, or trade back and take another QB different, a different QB later, and also get some extra uh, picks because they've got a lot of needs on that team. I don't know what they want to do, but uh, I think that they're they're committed to losing games this year. And Ryan Finley is the perfect quarterback for them to lose games this year. So uh, Raiders, Jags, Cowboys. Jeff, are you playing any of those guys this week? Yeah, I've been on the Cowboys train all year. Uh, so absolutely them. Or, uh, that, that's my pickup. Uh, you know, Jags, Indy, sure. I mean, Raiders, uh, Raiders versus Cincinnati, sure. Uh, you know, here's the thing. You know, you got to look at it. It's like, you know, look at week 11. And the teams that are buys is Green Bay, the Giants, Seattle, and Tennessee. Okay, so nobody's really playing Green Bay's defense um, too much. Uh, but um, th- I, there are people playing Seattle's defense. There, Nobody's playing the Giants' defense. And, and there may be some out there playing Tennessee. So, you know, but a lot of those teams who probably have the Green Bay's defense or Tennessee's always usually have another one like the Ravens at this point or somebody like that that's out there. So, you know, there's a lot of teams that are coming off of uh, buys that that have good defenses like New England and, and Jacksonville. Um, you know, and you just point uh, – sorry, not Jacksonville. Uh, New England and Philadelphia, you know, those two that are coming off of that. Um, and so those, to me, they're, they're, they're not available – but I just don't see a lot of people needing defenses this week. But if you do, because for some reason you're the Seattle guy, then the Cowboys should be your pickup. And if not, then, yeah, listen to what Justin's telling you. These are the other two are definitely reaches. And this goes to show you why you probably should have looked around week eight uh, and said maybe this is the week or week nine. And so this is the week I need to grab that second uh, um, defense. and. I tell you what's also important 
is that this is the time of the year that people start dropping some defenses because they need to reach out because maybe they had two all, all season carry them. And you may find somebody because look at what's coming up next week. And, and you got Arizona, Kansas City, Los Angeles, Chargers, and Minnesota are all on buys. So you need to pay attention to that. And that's really what my selling point here is. Look at not just this weekend's buys, but look at next weekend's buys and see who's out there. You might be able to grab something that's out there uh, and, and available next week. So just some thoughts. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, take, I'll touch on that real quick. Uh, you got the Bears going against the Giants in Week 12. That's a good one. Um, you got the Bills going up against Denver in Week 12 with Brandon Allen. Sure, fire them up. Um, you know, both of those are probably not available. Um, but then uh, let's see here, scrolling down, Lions against Washington. That one, they're going to be available in a lot of places. Um, sorry, Steelers against Cincinnati. You know, that could be a team that's available because they're coming off a bye. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Uh, they came off a bye last week, I think it was. Um, and then it kind of gets a little a little sketchy, you know, um, the Raiders against the Jets. So that could be a two-week start, Cincinnati, then the Jets. Um, and then, it, you know, from there, I don't think I'd start anybody else. The Jaguars against Tennessee wouldn't be too bad if they're able to stop uh, Derrick Henry. But... I know there's some defenses. If you look ahead two weeks, you can find yourself something to play uh, that may be available and uh, a quick grab this week as you uh, as you're looking for, you know, the the playoffs or the playoff stretch run where you're trying to get in. Um, you know, that pretty much caps it up, Jeff. Uh, we'll keep this episode another short one for us. Um, you know, I think people will like having just a little bit shorter episode last week and. You know, we touched on everything real real quickly this week, so let's get going. Uh, let's get out of here. I'm going to catch the second half of this game and relax a little bit on the couch with a brewski. Uh, but anyways, it was uh, good talking to you again, man. I'm glad to be back home. The audio's got to be a little bit better this week uh, versus what we had last week, and, and I'm, I'm just uh, stoked about some more football. Uh, but, I, man, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you got some stuff going on this week. As always, you're always busy, but uh, it's good to talk to you, man. Uh, both on and off the air. So uh, go ahead and wrap us up, man. Let these people know where they can find us, and uh, let's get out of here. Yeah, buddy. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate same same to you. Uh, you know, this has been an interesting uh, Monday uh, for you. The listeners didn't know that, you know, they get, you got – you got trees falling down in the background and, and other things going on. So, you know, that's the, the life of doing a podcast is we do get to pause a little bit and go back and forth and uh, and work these things out. But, you know, but it is the reality of life is just what it does and put a stranglehold on you. At the same time, you're able to get down here and talk with your best friend and talk about football and uh, and how things are going. So, you know, uh, I hope you guys are out there listening and using this as an opportunity to kind of get that information that you may be calling your buddy about and saying, hey, what are you think maybe y'all ain't doing time commitments or whatever you're not doing a podcast but at the same time you're having these conversations so it's great to keep uh, knowing that you're out there listening and tuning in and, and hit us up on uh twitter at the rundown ff pod and uh and let us know how we're doing we haven't heard anything uh but but we definitely uh, want to hear how we're doing so we know to keep this going or not all right with that we'll catch you later yep yeah, I, I had to step away for a minute in the middle of our podcast. I got to go out and delete a big pause in here uh, because, yeah, I had a tree fall uh, in the backyard there. 
Uh, thankfully, it fell on the deck and not the house, so all's well. That, that I'll have to break the chainsaw out tomorrow and uh, clean that up. But uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go off of here and uh, enjoy this nice uh, pitter patter of the rain while I watch the game. So uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe, hit that subscribe button, uh, put a review in, man. We we want to hear, we want to see what you guys are thinking. You know, as always, we keep saying it, and I know y'all are listening, but y'all aren't reacting. Come on, get get to it. You know, spend spend one minute and let me know. Let let Jeff know what we're thinking here, what what you're liking, what you're not. Um, go ahead and make it a five star review, and then tell us what you don't like. It's fine. You know, we'll take five star reviews even with bad words. It's all good. Uh, but anyways, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, let let your friends know that they can catch us, uh, and you know how to tell them where to find us. The Rundown FF Pod we're searchable on just about everywhere. So uh, once again, uh, thanks for listening and. Uh, Remember, together we run this. Catch you next week.